Good morning. It is uh, Wednesday morning. That would be October 21st, 2020. And I hope you all are doing well this morning. And I was fishing around last night and I found a podcast you might be interested in for Halloween. It's the history of the vampire. Um, He has a long beginning, sort of like Harry. Yeah, it's running. It's just, uh, let me see if I can just push it forward a little bit. One. Here we go. Ethernet. Two. Ethernet. Three. Ethernet. Four. Ethernet. Five. Ethernet. Checking Computers to run this show. Five. Right. All VPN. Right now, Virtual Shield. Okay. Thank you, Virtual Shield. Welcome aboard. Uh, Fader knots are wonderful, and everybody uh, helps support the show. And uh, you go to Virtual Shield right now. Right now. Click on the banner. First 30 days free. Right. (laughs) And that's how you want to get it done. And 50% discounts on everything. Everything that they offer, go right now. Click on the Virtual Shield banner over at JimmyChurchRadio.com. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, there's a... There's a link right now in the description. You can go down and click on that link and head straight over. It's right there for you. Okay. All right. Follow me on Twitter at J Church Radio. At J Church Radio. Yeah, at J Church Radio. I haven't played. Why is everybody posting pictures, (laughs) gifts of hair? I, I, you know, I feel bad. Look, I expected now at my age. I'm 57 officially. I thought I'd have a full head of gray hair or uh, some hair and all of it gray. For some reason, it comes in dark (laughs) and rapid. Mm -hmm. Uh, There you go, virtual shield. Yeah, thank you for that. There you go. Browse the internet safely and anonymously. (laughs) I cast to a retweet. Well done. Well done. Click on that banner over at jimmychurchradio.com. Okay. Uh, any questions or comments? No, any questions? Hashtag F2BQ. The sandbox is hashtag F2B. Email is jimmy at jimmychurchradio.com. Let's get straight to the breaking news. A tsunami warning was just issued before showtime tonight for a preliminary magnitude of 7.5 in Alaska near Sand Point. The warning was for the Alaskan Peninsula and South Alaska, according to the National Tsunami Warning Center in Palmer, Alaska. The earthquake's epicenter was recorded less than 60 miles from Sandpoint near the Aleutian Peninsula in the southwestern part of the state. Several aftershocks, including one with a magnitude 5.9 and one that was a 5.8, struck in the hour after the big quake. No news on any tsunamis yet. 
and I will keep you posted during the show. Ah, with just 73 days left in 2020, NASA has published an alert that not one, but five asteroids are passing by the Earth today as the agency's Osiris Rex, Osiris Rex, spacecraft prepares to touch down on a space rock 200 million miles away. The first three of the day's five space rocks have already passed by the Earth without incident, according to the Asteroid Watch widget that tracks asteroids and comets. Still to come, our 14-meter 2020 UK with a diameter roughly the length of a semi-truck. With its, it's expected to fly past us at 3.85 million miles. Lastest will be the fastest. That's right, the one meter wide 2020 TF6, which will shoot by at a speed of 26,800 miles per hour, just 95,000 miles away. And that's close. Remember, the moon orbits the Earth at 240,000 miles. That's how close. It's only a meter. You know, it's only a meter wide, but yeah. Five asteroids today. Now, this is the other big news over the weekend. Another asteroid is now hurtling towards the Earth and is projected to reach the planet on... Dun-dun-dun, uh, November 2nd. That's right, the night before the national election. The cow size space junk has only a 0.41 chance of making impact with the atmosphere. But that's close. It's going to whiz by. It's going to whiz by. <clears throat> It's going to whiz by close. That's right. If it were to impact us, it's, you know, it's it's about the size of a cow. So it would disintegrate in the atmosphere. No, no harm, no foul, right? Well, remember, Election Day in the United States is November 3rd. The small extraterrestrial rock named 2018 VP1, Vice President 1, was first observed on, dun, 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 November 3rd. 2018. That's crazy, isn't it? Alright. It's going down, man. <laughs> it's going down in two weeks. Let's get this show cracking. Happy birthday to South Park's Trey Parker. Today is 51. John Favreau. Today is 54. John Lithgow. Today is 75. Peter Tosh. Jamaican rock star. Today is 76. Lyricist Keith Reed is 74. Who is Keith Reed? Keith Reed wrote every word of every song that had lyrics to it for Procol Harum, including The Wider Shade of Pale. Today, Keith Reed is 74. The Doobie Brothers, Patrick Simmons, taking it to the streets. Today is 72. On this day in history, 1781, yep. Went down in Yorktown. British General Lord Cornwallis surrenders at Yorktown, Virginia. He turned over 8,000 British soldiers and seamen, 144 cannons, 15 galleys, those are boats, a frigate, that's a bigger boat, and 30 transport ships to a larger Franco-American force. And for those of you out there that don't know what Franco is, that's French effectively bringing an end to the American Revolution on this day in 1781. Fader fact, 
Do you know what a key logger is? Well, let me tell you what a key logger is, then I'm going to hit you with this fader fact. A key logger is a program, a chunk of software, that when you're typing your keyboard will tell somebody what you are typing. That is a key logger. It's a scary piece of software. Right? Right. Here's your fader fact. The Soviets bugged at least 16 IBM Selectric typewriters, Selectric 2s and Selectric 3s, at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow and the U.S. Consulate in Leningrad with one of the world's first key loggers. That's right. The circuitry was inside of a supporting bar in the typewriter. Those typewriters were heavy, mechanical, pretty badass, right? Well, had a framework on the inside. All of the circuitry was in this tube. Uh, that's right. Capturing text by measuring magnetic disturbance as the print head moved. This was sent by radio burst from the typewriter back to the Soviets. <laughs> and that is your fader fact. Tonight, very special guest yeah, continuing our haunted Rocktober is AP Soviet. He's here to discuss vampires all night long, the history, the folklore. Yeah, the accounts. It's going to be great. Tomorrow night, Aiden Sinclair, Becca Knight, and Susan Slaughter join us to discuss our Halloween weekend that's coming up next week on the Queen Mary. Wednesday night, it's the return of Richard Dolan for the latest UFO, UAP news from around the world. Thursday night is another fader night with open lines all night long. Now, I'm going to hit this River Moon coffee. Mm. We've got new links. We've got everything up for River Moon coffee. Their brand new website. Nice page right there with, uh, with our coffee and all of our new Black Moon products. You've got to go and check it out. You know what that promo code is. F2B Blend. All right. Well, 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 well. Where do I start? Man, I need to start by hitting this coffee again. It's like this. Here we are on another Monday, getting ready to kick off another week here on Fade to Black, which means that we also just came off of another weekend of insane headlines. <laughs> and I have to say, this weekend was just about the craziest yet in all of recorded history. And I mean that. And before I cover some of the insanity of the past two or three days... Let me state the obvious. We are exactly two weeks away from our presidential election. And you must expect that the crazy talk from both sides is about to heat up. Yes, even hotter than anything in the past year. Now, as everyone knows, I don't do politics on this show. Nope, and I just don't do it. And... I'm not going to change things right now. I'm not going to do it tonight. I'm not going to do it ever. Okay, Jimmy. Not going to do it. All right. That being said, 
When you follow conspiracy theory as much as I do, it has always been a challenge to keep up on things over the years. Some conspiracies are very complex. Some are not. But you have to pick and choose which ones you're going to go deep with. You have to because they can take up nearly all of your spare time. (laughs) Right now, anywhere on the net you may go. Be it conventional news sources or the fringe and everywhere in between, you can find literally thousands of different conspiracy theories coming at you from every corner of the demographic. Doesn't matter what side you find yourselves on. Nope. You have conspiracies you believe in that are about the other side. Get it? And then there are an equal amount of conspiracies pointed back at you on the shady side of the fence. That's right. I said it way before it was popular, by the way. And I may have been the first, but it's really simple. Conspiracy has become the new normal. Right now, in real time, I could rattle off 50 different theories that all overlap, that cross oceans, people, religions, races, economics, geopolitics, health and entertainment, all at once. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy now. It's just crazy. And to be honest, if just one of these conspiracy theories would pan out to actually be true, Everything we know would unravel. (laughs) It would. Just one. Because they all overlap. They all... You can get a conspiracy theory about kittens from... Pick a country. From... From... From Libya. (laughs) From Hawaii. From Taiwan. From Russia. And you can get that to tie into a Black Lives Matter protest in downtown Sheboygan. You could do it. So. Uh, I just wanted, I, I just want one to bust out. I do. I want one to bust out. I want one to be true. Because then dominoes fall. say this it would be the coolest most amazing thing scariest thing intimidating thing frightening thing and coolest ever but one of the most far out conspiracies that I really had my fingers crossed for was JFK Jr. still being alive I did. I admit it. I admit it. Yeah, that tripped me out too. Now, as reported by most of the media over the weekend, Junior was supposed to show up at a Trump rally in Dallas. That's right, on October 17th. And he was going to replace Mike Pence as the president's running mate. Holy crap, right? Now, to be sure, if this actually happened on the 17th, the world as we know it would have changed forever. I had my fingers crossed. I 
really wanted this to happen. Me too. Oh, oh, oh man. But it didn't. Yeah. And I, I was and pretty I, bummed out. I don't like that. And kind of I also know, this is where I'm going to be very serious. I also know that deep down inside, nobody, not even you, really believed it would go down. But we were just waiting. Yeah. We just wanted to see that maybe just once the crazy would happen. It did not. Now, when it comes to all of these different conspiracy theories, I don't see red or blue. I sit right in the middle and I watch both sides go at it. It's amazing to witness. I can sit down with anyone from any side, any color, whatever, and shoot holes into the most crazy that is going down right now. I can do it. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. I can shoot it down. But here's the thing. Nobody wants to hear it. Everybody is completely blind to it. No matter what you say, everybody seems to be taking the bait. And to be clear, everyone can't be right. And most are totally wrong. And very, very little is based on fact. <laughs> That's where we are today. And right now, it seems that nobody cares. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Today, I read the craziest conspiracy theory ever, and I'm not kidding about this. Now, I can't go into the details, but let me say this about it. It was so vile. It was so wrong. So, you know what? I can't even comment. I can't. I'll say this much. Just saying on the air what I read today, and it would probably be the last time you ever hear from me. But as I read it, I said to myself, who is making this stuff up? I know that there are people out there who live a life that is dark, that is underground, and it's away from us. I'm not naive. But right now, some of this twisted stuff is making its way up to the surface. And someone, something is using it to mess with the good minds of decent people who make up the vast majority of everyone on this planet. I'm starting to suspect an outside influence, like as in a not in the United States type of origin of these different types of conspiracy theories. I don't think they come from the United States. I don't think they come from people you know. I don't think they come from the red. They come from the blue. They come from the black, the white inside of the United States. They do not. They don't. But you're taking the bait on it. It's somebody messing with your head. Right now, with all of the other things that we are dealing with here in this country, specifically the pandemic and jobs and the economy and racism, and of course the election, it's the perfect opportunity for somebody to screw with you. And it seems to be working. So yes, you can expect that over the next two weeks, things are going to really get nuts from both sides from every side right now I don't know how we've managed to survive 2020 but we've gotten this far and we're almost at the finish line there are only 73 days left until 2021 so listen folks hang in there it'll all work out
pinky promise. Everything that I just said was vetted. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. This is Fade to Black tonight, right here, AP Sylvia. We are going to be discussing vampires. Now, before I get to the break, I want you to understand that last year, websites shared over one 100 trillion pieces of personal data on the net. This data was taken on users just like you from various websites, like the one that we're on right now. Now, I don't like being spied on by advertisers. I don't, which is why I use Virtual Shield. Right now, click on the virtual link in the description below. Virtual Shield, it is right there. If you want to browse the internet anonymously and securely like I do, please visit virtualshield.com forward slash fade to black or click on the link in the video description box below. I am your host, Jimmy Church. This is Fade to Black on the Game Changer Network and KGRA, the planet on the Game Changer Network. And this is the thing as uh, we kick this off. This is Haunted Rocktober. We've got amazing guests lined up all the way through the end of the month. I want everybody to have a great, safe, fun Halloween. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I'll be right back after this short break with tonight's guest, A.P. Sylvia. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. Follow me on Twitter at JChurchRadio. And uh, I've got A.P.'s links up here, too. And we'll get those happening again right after the break. They're not in front of me. We'll be right back. Church, daughter of you-know-who, and you're listening to Fade to Black on JimmyChurchRadio.com and the Game Changer Network. You're listening to Jimmy Church, Fade to Black. Fade to Black will now pause for alien identification. The station that talks the net, KGRA Radio. Introducing the Game Changer Blend from River Moon Coffee that delivers a customized blend made specifically for the fader knots. If the game is rigged, change the game. It's a bolder cup with some bite. Game Changer is the coffee of choice for those that prefer an organic dark roast that is slightly lighter and milder, but it's still dark. With wild notes of pecans and chocolate with a rich, balanced, full-bodied cup that is roasted to perfection for a great coffee to start your day. As an after-dinner coffee or anywhere in between. Artisan small batch roasted to perfection. USDA certified organic all River Moon coffee is freshly roasted and packaged in the USA. Just go to rivermooncoffee.com or click on the banners over on our site and use the promo code F2BBLEND for 15% off of your order today. Rivermooncoffee.com. Go back, Lee Tappy. This is the only way forward. This is Fade to Black. Make contact. KGRARadio.com. This is Jimmy Church of Fade to Black, and you can get our podcast for just $2 per month. All you have to do is click on the podcast banner over at jimmychurchradio.com. This Halloween, 
The Dark Zone invites you to spend four haunted nights with the Queen, October 29th through November 1st. Virtually board the most famous ghost ship in the world. Get your boarding pass now because you'll get to join me, Jimmy Church, on Friday evening when I go ghost hunting. Live, when anything could happen and probably will. And here's the deal. For just $19.99, you get virtual access to the entire Queen Mary, 24-hour surveillance of the most haunted rooms, interaction with your favorite paranormal investigators, very special celebrity guests, including Kane Hodder, that's Jason from Friday the 13th, and Chad Lindbergh of the TV series Supernatural. Musical guests, including Filter and Bisto Blanco. There will be a costume contest and a Day of the Dead celebration. Halloween is not canceled. For your boarding pass and info, just click on the Dark Zone banner at JimmyChurchRadio.com and throughout our social media. When you click on that link, just use the promo code JIMMY for a special discount. That's right. You are invited to spend four nights of Halloween with the Queen. Hi, folks. It's trembling times, and fear is pushing emotions, which in turn pushes health the wrong direction. Do you ever get an ache because life is uneasy? Try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea works on your digestive tract, helping to move food through quicker and comfortably so your health is spot on. Life Change Tea may not help with world issues, but it will help with your digestive issues. A glass a day helps keep the intruders away. So, change your life today. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. If your health game is off, get on by ordering Life Change Tea. GetTheTea.com. And while you're on our site, look around at the great non-GMO organic supplements. And if you're a sales shopper, go to our specials page and see what's for you. I've been drinking the tea for 12 years and I'm sure glad for its health benefits. Again, that's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. The tea that makes you go. Nine out of ten geneticists agree. Fade to Black is not your father's radio show. On the Game Changer Radio Network and KGRA, the planet. Hi, this is Rob Reiner from Anvil, and you're listening to JimmyChurchRadio.com. What's up? I'm Chris. What up? This Mass. is Kyle Massey. You're listening to Jimmy Church Radio. All right. Welcome back. Fade to Black. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. Somebody just tweeted. Uh, tweeted. Tweeted. <laughs> Somebody just tweeted, what is that on the front of Jimmy's shirt? It was wood chips. Doing a bunch of work over at the house before I got to the studio. I was covered in, in stuff. And uh, I thought I got it all off, but it was it was just, it was all over me. My pants too, dust. That <laughs> was the dust. Oh, man. But anyway, I thought I got it all off. Thanks for the heads up. All right, continuing our Haunted Rocktober. Tonight, our guest is A.P. Sylvia, and we're going to be talking vampires tonight, the famous and infamous accounts from the past, locations, folklore, history, 
and how we have interpreted the world around them. AP has long been interested in supernatural beliefs and their origins. He has explored the essential, uh, essential text of vampire folklore and has visited various vampire-related locations. We'll be talking about all of that tonight. He runs the blog locationsoflore.com and his first book, Vampires of Lore, Traits and Modern Misconceptions, was published last year in 2019 and is available at all of the traditional online booksellers. His website, of course, is locationsoflore.com. The links are over at jimmychurchradio.com. And I would like to welcome, for the first time, Fade to Black, A.P. Sylvia. A.P., good evening, man. Uh, not quite good morning where you are, but how you doing? Okay, I've, uh, your volume is low. Okay. Wow. Okay. We have got low volume there, AP. Just did a sound check, too. <laughs> I know. Okay. Turn turn your side up. How about now? Okay. That's better. And you could okay. probably go hotter. How about now? Okay. Now we got you. Hey, there you go. Okay. See, I was nervous. I was like, man, we just, just sound checked. I know. Checked. We just did it. <laughs> All right. Now, before we get started, AP, you get the first-time guest disclaimer. So let's get that out of the way. The next time you're on with us, you don't get it. Tonight, it's the privilege of getting the first-time guest disclaimer, which is, uh, AP, it's just you and I sitting on my couch having a conversation as friends. Where the conversation starts, it starts. Where it ends, it ends. But we're going to end as friends. There you go. All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, that's a uh, man. You got radio pipes, man. You got a future. Um, is is this uh, the world of vampires? And I've got a lot of friends uh, that are into it and and study it and research and write books and things. And they are just into the culture. But all of them, and and I love each and every one. But all of them are just a little bit off the of center. What got you here? Was it was it a crazy childhood? Was there something else going on? <laughs> well, um, you know, ever since I was a child, I've always sort of been interested in, um, you know, the supernatural and scary things and stuff like that. Just, just, you know, some something I I liked. You know, whenever if ever there was an episode that was like the Halloween episode of something, I was always I was always excited for that. I know, you know, maybe some kids are. You know, they, they, they kind of get scared by things and stuff. But I, I was always, you know, ready for more. Like, oh, boy, this is the monster episode. I can't wait. Um, even a, a while back, I was going through some of some of my old books and things from when I was a kid. And uh, I ran across this uh, this book about ghosts that was, you know, intended for kids that uh, my, my mother had purchased for me uh, at, like, a children's museum or something like that. And I loved this ghost book when I was a kid because it talked all about different beliefs from different places and things. Things. And um, so I was always just sort of sort of interested in that in that kind of topic, um, you know, really, really like a really like a scary story. Um, you know, when I was when I was in grade school, um, these uh, these books I really I really liked. There was the the trilogy. That I think probably many people are aware of the scary stories tell in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, those you know th those were those were great. Um, you know, I, I remember I remember buying those at like a book fair or something at school. Um, and uh, I just uh, just you know devoured those, and I liked those too because they were they were actually like uh, folkloric tales, and so that was something that kind of interested interested me too, even as a child, how you know there were beliefs that were kind of held um, 
by you know different people in different places um it wasn't necessarily just considered fiction like a like a movie or something like that that there are actual you know accounts that people you know believed to be true or reflected certain sort of uh you know fears in the culture and that kind of thing so um i've always sort of been been interested in it um what really got me on probably the the vampire track uh, and sort of what got me into writing my book um was uh you know some years ago now i was uh i was in uh, new york city uh in times square with uh with my girlfriend who's now my wife and uh, we were walking around, kind of the, you know, the, seeing the sights and the bright lights of Times Square. And we came across a, uh, a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum. And I'm not sure if you've ever been to one of those. I uh, have. I've, I've uh, walked past the one in Times Square, never went in. We have another one here in Hollywood uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, I've been to that one as well, yes. Right, right. Uh, yeah, they're great. They're great. So I've been, I've, been to, I've been to a few of them. And um, the, I, I, I just I just love those. I, I love the oddities. I love I love all the curiosities and stuff like that. They're great. Um, so, you know, we went into that one. We were walking around um, in one of the rooms in the Times Square when they kind of have, you know, it's kind of this sort of dungeon-esque room, I think, with, you know, kind of, you know, spooky atmosphere. And one of the objects they had on display was this... Um, it was uh, like this vintage box filled filled with like vials and a steak and like a mold for silver bullets and stuff like that. And it was the uh, the the card associated to it said that it was um, a, a, an antique vampire killing kit from the 1800s that people supposedly uh, would would buy if they were going to Eastern Europe or something like mm-hmm. that. And just the aesthetic of this thing was fantastic, uh, and I really I really liked it. So um, after after that trip, after I was back home, I sort of just uh, I kept thinking about about that kit, and I was like, oh, I need to I need I need to learn more about this thing. What's the story behind this? So I uh, I took to the internet and uh, actually found out that there was um, some controversy surrounding these kits. While Ripley's uh, maintains that they are authentic pieces, um, other people argue that they are actually. Uh, they were assembled in the 20th century using vintage pieces, um, so an actual vampire killing kit isn't wouldn't be period. Uh, and one of the arguments was that well, these kits reflect kind of movie vampires and not necessarily uh, folkloric vampires. And that's what that that kind of notion really sort of got me on this track of like well. What is the difference between our modern notions about vampires and the actual folkloric beliefs of the past? And you know, I have watched you know I've watched a number of sort of documentaries about about vampires and stuff like that in the past. You know, whenever one of those comes on, um, so I had some sense that you know, yeah, there's 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 definitely some some differences there. Um, but I ended up sort of looking. I, I kind of wanted a breakdown. Like, well, I want. Give me sort of a, a piece by piece, trait by trait analysis of kind of what we think of vampires and what the actual beliefs were. And I couldn't find anything that really gave me a broad overview like that. It kind of went through everything. And so I started doing research. I started reading books about it. And I wound up kind of writing the book that I wanted to read. And so that's sort of how I kind of wound up where I am, uh, having authored this book about, about, uh, about vampire folklore, where it's sort of this this culmination of my interests, you know, from childhood and my enjoyment of, of you know, sort of spooky things and supernatural beliefs, um, and then sort of my maybe my my academic interest, my sort of puzzle solving interest, almost of trying to figure something out. 
Yeah, when I was a kid, and I am not the exception here, I, I think it, it's pretty much the rule. But when I was a kid, we, you know, you had the count on Sesame Street, right? Mm-hmm. And you're watching this guy when you're five years old, four years old. You see that you're eating Count Chocula cereal and you're uh, watching the vampire movies and then you have the Halloween. Co- vampires were real I to me. Right. And and I just think that we all accepted <laughs> that vampires were just something that was uh, just normal. And and I was OK with that. And then you kind of grow up and it turns into like Santa Claus, right? You get your heart broken a little bit. (laughs) But then you jump into some research and then you find out about uh, uh, the history of vampirism and and how far back it goes and that this is uh, some, which is more scary, of course, than the count on Sesame Street. And you start to accept what was going on in the past as an adult and then you kind of are stuck in the middle. You don't grow up as an adult and find out that Santa Claus was actually real, right? You don't. You don't have that. Um, no. Did you go through those same kinds of changes? You know, it's 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 definitely kind of a an interesting process to start looking back at the history of things, and I definitely think it gives you a new perspective on on vampires because you know, as you said, you know, as a, as a kid, you 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 know. You, you see these kind of fun vampires, cartoon vampires, Halloween, the Halloween vampire, right? It's sort of a, a you, you know, there's a sort of ubiquitous imagery in our culture, right, uh, of the va- of the vampire, and it's it's movies and it's fun and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's I think sometimes sort of easy for us to forget in a way that there was a time when people were were very scared of vampires that to, to to the people of the time vampires were a very real thing a very real threat to them and they would behave accordingly they would take action against the supposed vampire so it, it adds a new it adds a new dimension it brings it out of kind of the realm of of horror movies and, and kind of something that's sort of like fun to something that um actually can be kind of you know kind of somber and sobering when you really sort of put yourself in the mindset of people who were living through these these fears um so it's it's an interesting evolution you know from as as you mentioned sort of going from childhood with the count and and you know that sort of thing um through through sort of you know growing up and you, you sort of just sort of becomes part of the movie culture to then to for for me actually looking at all the historical historical accounts and then realizing like oh you know this was this was serious business to some people at certain times now what's your family uh how are they uh about your research and and the writing of this book are they also into this or or what was their reaction like yeah i think that i think they were i uh i uh i think i think that they found it very interesting um they, uh, you know, like my parents checked out the checked out the book and um, they they enjoyed it. And I know they, I'm sure they're listening right now, uh, so I can say hi to them. Um, my, uh, you know, actually my my sister has uh, uh, gone with me when we visited um, some uh, some vampire vampire sites in the area. Um, and um, my my 
wife is very supportive of uh, of my my endeavors here, and uh, is always you know wishing me good luck with all this stuff. So no, every, everyone everyone's really been great. I don't think anyone's I don't think anyone's looking at me like oh this is pretty strange. I mean I, I think everyone knew I was already kind of a strange guy. So quite frankly, I don't think anyone's that surprised. Yeah. So it's not like at Thanksgiving, you know, some family member oh Count Dracula's here. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's not quite like that. They're supportive. No, every, you know, every, everyone in, in my family has been very supportive, very interested. Even my extended family, people have been buying the book and stuff like that to, you know, help me out. And, um, you know, they're excited about it. And so I think that's, I think it's great. So every, everyone's, everyone's been, been really nice about it. And they, they, they like it. I think they think it's fun. Um, and it is fun. I think they now, like th- it. There's another aspect to this, too, because... Write. Not like uh, the Mummy or or Frankenstein or the Wolfman. Nobody wants to be the Wolfman, right? Nobody yeah. wants to be Frankenstein. No. Everybody wants to be a vampire. Oh. Yes. Right. Right. Oh. Absolutely. 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 I mean, what's not to love, right? You live forever. You get all the best stuff, and and you have fun, and and you and you work at night, right? You sleep yeah. all day. I, I, I guess, you know, it's like sign me up. And, and there was the element of cool, right, that, that came along with, with vampires. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I, and that is very much kind of, you know, that's been sort of a, a, a modern, well, I should, I should probably be careful what I mean by modern, but um, that kind of, this, this notion of the vampire being cool or suave or attractive, um, that grew out of uh like 19th century literature um if you look at like vampires and folklore nobody wanted to be a vampire nobody was nobody was looking for that they were scared to become a vampire they they were legitimately frightened of it and they were frightened of vampires um harming harming the living harming their neighbors their families um you know as you know with 19 with you know the literature of the 19th century and then moving on to the 20th century and movies and stuff like that vampires evolved into the into this this kind of alluring character and it's interesting you know you you mention you know the immortality aspect to vampires and i think that is something that very much speaks to to us now the people of the time um, and I feel like vampires have always been speaking to to the culture of the time and what people fear. Um, whether in the past, you know, people uh, feared or misunderstood, say, uh, you know, illness and communicable disease. You know, these days people still have kind of a fear of death and a longing for immortality. So now I feel like the you know vampire fiction often kind of plays that up, right? Because it resonates with audiences and. Um, I think people are, are drawn to that, but at the same time, with all these kind of vampire movies, uh, the vampire at the you know at the end of the day, the vampire is is cursed for having this immortality. There's a price that they have to pay to achieve it, and I think that also speaks to us because perhaps we realize that you know nature ultimately shouldn't be subverted. When what, what part of the curse? I don't see the downside. <laughs> so when you say when you say curse, I say that in jest, of course. But hmm. but when you say curse, what would be the curse of being immortal? Well, if you know, if you're taking like say you know 
uh, a movie, like a movie vampire or something like that. Well, they need to survive on the blood of the living, right? Mm-hmm. Or they can't go out into the sunlight or something like that. Their their life and their existence is forever altered in order to achieve that. Um, so if it's say say in, in the movie the vampire has to you know feed on the living, well, so now in order to prolong your own life, you have to shorten the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there is a price there. Now, um, I, I, I didn't want to get into this so early, but you just reminded me of one thing that I was always confused about. So maybe you can help me understand. I always assumed that one bite and you're a vampire. Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case. It's, it's not nice. Right. You are feeding on the living and they aren't necessarily what what's the different what's the difference in the bites so i mean in in modern movies and fiction and stuff like that you know it's obviously up to the author to decide uh, up to the writer to decide how somebody becomes a vampire whether it's it's one bite or it's more of like a, a prolonged process or something like that of of nightly feedings or or whatever or ingesting the blood of the vampire or something like that right so i think it 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 really depends on sort of kind of what 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 the writer wants to do wants to do there but normally in 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 sort of modern fiction you need a vampire to become a vampire in some way right that's usually how how it goes right um when you look to the folklore on the other hand um, it's it's much more broad. There were lots of different things that people believed could result in a vampire. Um, people who were uh, evil in life, people who committed suicide, uh, you know, people who perhaps were just fated to become vampires. Um, so there was there was a lot of different things that could that could happen in folkloric beliefs to create a vampire. Um, people who had been victims victimized by a vampire in life um, might become a vampire in death. But the interesting thing about it is sometimes it would be it would be sort of years before that would happen. Like someone might have been terrorized by a vampire in life, and then you know they kind of live out their life and they die some point years later. Well, then they might become a vampire. So people would sort of be suspicious of that, like, oh, like they mentioned that, you know, we know that they were terrorized by a vampire some years ago. Now they've died of something unrelated. They could become a vampire. So it's actually something that could kind of stay with someone um, over the years and then and then come back, come back to haunt them in death. Yeah. And it, it never surprises me how much uh, society and pop culture loves the you know the success of true blood that was just such a huge uh series that took over everything and as i was watching true blood um another thought popped in i'm so glad that you're on the show can a vampire become human again we know how to kill vampires right okay that that part i think we fully understand but can a vampire unvampire themselves, if that's a word? Sure. Uh, it depended. Um, I guess I should probably preface this by saying, you know, vampire beliefs, you know, they're, they exist in different countries, different regions, um, different cultures, right? So it's hard to sort of, you, it's hard to sort of speak um, 
uh, with sort of a broad brush when it comes to vampire beliefs because you can find different variations in different places because it's a supernatural belief, right? So it grows and evolves and changes. So um, there were some beliefs that after so many years, a vampire actually could become a human again and they would essentially sort of, they would leave the, the village they were from where they had terrorized and they would sort of just go off and start a new life somewhere or something like that so like there was a belief that that could happen so you know they might sort of go somewhere else as a stranger um mo- uh, so that there that that was established in, in some beliefs others no it was just sort of the vampire was always just kind of a vampire and um actually some some even believe that a vampire would had a lifespan of its own and then it would sort of stop it would sort of just die um i think sometimes perhaps that that belief might have grown out of people um wanting to have some kind of explanation and comfort knowing that this bad thing is happening right now but it's going to go away um because it's important to remember too a lot of these you know these vampire incidents um they would they would happen during times of 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 strife or calamity right like you know the village say you know there was some kind of illness that was going through the village right one person gets sick you know seemingly healthy person they get sick they pass away then another person, maybe in their family, gets sick, passes away. Then another person. And so people were looking to explain this because, you know, when you go back, say, you know, 1700s or something like that, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have germ theory. They didn't understand, you know, they didn't have the benefit of our understanding of disease. So they were looking to find some kind of cause for what was going on, what they were seeing around them. So sometimes in some places, their their suspicions would turn towards the dead and they would look to the people who had died and say well who was the first person that died what was going on here um so that's that would kind of that's sort of how how it would how it would uh grow out so you know the beliefs beliefs would vary but i think a lot a lot of times people would just think like something needs to be done to this vampire otherwise we're all gonna you know we'll eventually get wiped out Let's take our break right here. Our guest tonight, AP Sylvia, and we are talking vampires all night long tonight. We're discussing uh, accounts from the past. We're going to get into that after the break and the origins, locations, folklore, history, all of it. It's going down tonight here on Fade to Black, continuing our haunted Rocktober. I am your host, Jimmy Church. Now, AP's website, locationsoflore.com. The links are over at jimmychurchradio.com. Of the Game Changer Network and KGRA, the planet. More with AP after this short break. Stay with us. TV. There are dozens of workshops and lectures from speakers you know and love. 
We have also included amazing categories to assure that your consciousness is entertained and elevating on a daily basis. Amazing interviews, ancient history, ascension knowledge, wisdom teachings, documentaries, conspiracies, mysteries, health and fitness, conscious cooking, meditations, finance, yoga, and so much more. To start your free trial on any mobile device or computer, surf to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's ForbiddenKnowledge with the number four, ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Again, visit ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. Listen, I know and you know that you've always wanted your first crystal skull. Or maybe you're a collector just like me, but you just don't know where to go to find the real thing. Then I met Carolyn Ford over at EinsteinTheCrystalSkull.com. Carolyn is the guardian of Einstein, one of the most respected ancient crystal skulls in the world. All of her unique skulls have been imprinted sitting with Einstein in his sacred lodge and are carved from the finest gemstone and materials. Imprinting is the process of receiving the ancient wisdom from the master skull or master computer. Einstein, the ancient crystal skull. To see Carolyn's current collection of crystal skulls, just visit her store at EinsteinTheCrystalSkull.com. Click on the banner over on our site. Don't forget to use the promo code JIMMY at checkout to receive 10% off of your order today. That's promo code JIMMY. Finding your first or next crystal skull is easy. Just visit EinsteinTheCrystalSkull.com. When you take the beans from Central America with dashes of Indonesian and African mixed in and then roast it to the dark side of fade to black, you create the ultimate brew of fringe. Introducing the fade to black blend from River Moon Coffee. Yes, River Moon's darkest customized roast was created for the love of fade to black. The alchemy of masterful roasting and smoking the beans is in every sip of this full-bodied, dark java. I need my coffee dark, deep, with distinct bittersweet chocolate highlights, just like the bunker. Leaning further into the darkness of the roast is Fade to Black Blend from River Moon Coffee. Just click on the banner at jimmychurchradio.com and use the promo code F2BBLEND for 15% off of your order today. Go back, Lee Teppy. Hello, I'm Katie, and you're listening to my main man, Jimmy Church, on jimmychurchradio.com. Hi, this is Ray Sobs here, repping the planet, and you're listening to my good friend, Jimmy Church, Fade to Black, on the Game Changer Network and the KGRA Digital Broadcast Station. This is Toby Kebble. You're listening to JimmyChurchRadio.com. Oh, no, me, Jimmy. I'm only little. Hey, I'm Adrian Grenier. This is Ari Gold. We're of the oh, Honey Brothers. Hey, I'm Adrian Grenier. And I'm Ari Gold. We're the Honey Brothers. And you're listening to Jimmy Church. The Revolution. This is Jimmy Church of Fade to Black, and you can become an official fader not by just going to our membership section at JimmyChurchRadio.com. Hello, this is Serena Wright Taylor from Conscious Life Expo, and you're listening to Fade to Black with Jimmy Church, who holds the Lucky Pony record for the best astrological chart since 1963. True story. This is Micah Hanks of the Graylian Report, and you're listening to Jimmy Church on Fade to Black, across the globe on the Game Changer Radio Network and the one and only KGRA Radio, The Planet. 
Black, I'm your Sumi Church. Our haunted Rocktober. Tonight, AP Sylvia is here. Tomorrow night on this very program, Aiden Sinclair, Beckett Knight, and Susan Slaughter. They're going to be here to discuss our haunted weekend that's going down next weekend, Halloween weekend, where we are ghost hunting on board the Queen Mary. Wednesday night, Richard Dolan returns. We will be discussing UFOs and UAP headlines from all around the world. Tonight, it's AP Sylvia. We are discussing vampires. Now, right before the break, as AP, as we start to get into uh, the history uh, of, of all of this, I want to let you know, and everybody else that's watching on the camera, I just lit some Romanian incense down here in the bunker is some anti-vampire incense and it smells like garlic do you have any of that ap you know i don't but uh maybe i should get some well if you like garlic if you like garlic but you know here's the deal just uh, as we discuss you know the origins and and the history of, of vampires does it all start with vlad the impaler or is there stuff going on before then before. um there there definitely was stuff going on before then uh i think vampires vampire beliefs in some form or another probably stretch back you know quite far into history um vlad the impaler uh he comes up a, a lot uh, you know especially if you're watching maybe like a like a documentary about vampires or something like that um, he comes up in, in relation to um, Bram Stoker's novel, Dracula. Um, you know, there's been a lot of sort of conjecture about, you know, Stoker used, uh, used Vlad the Impaler as sort of the, the inspiration for, for his character Count Dracula um, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, basically, so Vlad, Vlad the Impaler... Um, he was uh, he was a uh, uh, prince of um, Wallachia, which is uh, now a region in Romania, in the uh, in the fourteen hundreds. Um, so he he ruled he ruled there during uh, during a time when there was um, it was a brutal time. He was a brutal, he was uh, a, a very brutal ruler. Um, his his country was kind of positioned between the Hungarian Empire and uh, the Ottoman Empire, uh, and so there was a lot of lot of war, a lot of conflict. Um, and he actually he actually ruled uh, three separate times uh, because you know due to like you know sort of people trying to take the throne and stuff like that. So it was it was um, he had a very precarious position. So a part of what he sort of did to kind of cement his position and you know fend fend off uh fend off you know these um you know sort of invading armies and stuff like that he was known for his extreme brutality right so you know Vlad the impaler um i don't think anyone called him that to his face uh right, <laughs> hey, right. hey impaler how you doing right um, but he was he was you know believed to have impaled you know thousands of of people and enemy troops on 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 pikes and stuff like that now his um, his dad's name was Dracul. Correct. Oh, yeah. So his father was uh, was uh, Dracul. He took he took the name Dracul because he was a member of um, the Order of the Dragon, uh, which was this this order of knighthood. Um, so uh, his son uh, Vlad uh, took took the name Dracula. Dracula meaning the son of the dragon. 
So, so he was Vlad the Third. So, in his lifetime, he would have been Vlad the Third or Vlad Vlad Dracula. So that's that's where his his name came from, Son of the Dragon. Um, we know that when Stoker was researching his his book, Dracula, he uh, ran across he ran across this one history book talking about it was uh, talking about the histories of Valachia and uh, another country, Moldavia, and in that book there is a reference to the ruler Dracula who fought against the Ottomans 